six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, land rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Okay, so in the spirit of keeping things paranormal, keeping things fun, uh, tapping into humans' natural psychic ability, um, we have a special guest on today. We have um, Deborah Lynn Katz, uh, Ph.D., as I, as I see right there so that's cool it's always i like i like having a phd on the on the program uh especially because mm-hmm. people think this is people think this is just some stuff we're making up sometimes uh but yeah. but no, <laughs> no definitely not um so uh, De- deborah you you've written books um and and what else do you do <laughs> well let's see i take uh walks on the beach and nice <laughs> yes yeah we're into that too yeah tomatoes <laughs> Um, I, I do run a school called the International School of Clairvoyance, and so I teach classes in uh, clairvoyant reading and mediumship and remote viewing, and I'm also a remote viewer and project manager, mm-hmm. and I'm also the president of the International Remote Viewing Association, so mm-hmm. right now I'm organizing a combined conference with IRVA and the Monroe Institute, and yeah, so real busy with that. That's coming up in a few weeks in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up at the beginning because yeah, we, we, that's when. What are the dates for that? Just because we might release this yeah. at a certain time, and yeah. Yeah, that is August 10th through the 13th. And oh, okay, be- perfect. Yeah, perfect. That might be that might line right up actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be online and in person. And right cool. now we're looking at having about 200 people there. Wow. So- so yeah, I'm just if I look a little haggard, that's that's why it's a lot. Of- we look way worse. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, no, yeah. no. This is, we just, uh, well, yeah, so we just wardrobe. They fired our wardrobe guy. He he didn't fit in the budget wardrobe and makeup, so we can blame him for all of our looks. But yeah, yeah, was it? Times are tough. But um, so talk. Um, what type of person? I'm always fascinated on the person that decides to sign up for this class. Is this, do they, do they have like instances where they, where they feel like they've done something with their psychic ability? Like where they, where they go, well, I don't know what just happened there. Is that the type of person that comes to you? Or do you have people trying to like debunk you that try to sign up for your classes too? No. Well, I would say definitely people have had all sorts of experiences during their life and they're looking for ways to understand those experiences and sometimes make them occur more or get a degree of control over them. And so they're just looking for some guidance. And, you know, a lot of times it can be really hard for people because, you know, they talk to their family members or friends and they don't understand or they just they've been shutting them down their whole life. So you know, sometimes people are just looking for a community and support. And I, I get the whole gamut, like even professional psychics, people that have been doing this work for a while, but they're interested in expanding other aspects of their intuitive abilities than what they typically are doing. So basically improving on their skills. Cool. Interesting. Amazing. And so one one thing I like about you is 
uh, I think I got into you from the RV aspect, and I saw you on Jeffrey Mishlove's show. We're just poaching every one of his guests slowly but surely, you know. And, uh, um, good cool. guest and good program. Everybody should go to his it's YouTube great. channel. To his YouTube channel, seriously, Jeffrey Mishlove. Uh, yeah. That's where that's where we first saw Joe Gallenberger. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's yeah, really yeah. great stuff on there. But what I love about you is uh, you're very you're like a real psychic. You're into this stuff, and you're a remote viewer. It seems a lot of times it's either or. And it seems like, you know, like people get into art remote viewing or they listen to an Art Bell episode. We're huge fans of Art Bell, the old Art Bell episodes. And they'll have like a military guy on. And I love a lot of those guys. Uh, uh, most of them are like seem really cool and everything. But, you know, the remote mil- remote viewing military guys are like, oh, 600 hours. We acquired the target. And, we, you know, it's very like, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. and, it's, uh, and a lot of times they're like, no, we're not psychic. We're not psychic. You know, they're very like against that label and stuff, even though it's all kind of the same stuff. And so Absolutely. you, I got this, but I actually have a couple of your books here. <laughs> I got, well, this is the textbook, Associative Remote Viewing. Love it. Uh, I'm still working my way through it. This is insane. Uh, I didn't know this a book like this existed uh, for a long time. And then I was like, there's got to be someone that's really did a deep dive into this. And it was you and John Knowles. So that's cool. But then you have other like actual, you know, you are psychic and that kind of stuff. And love that. And I like how you can switch up your writing style to be more formal and then be more the kind of the casual kind of talk like you're talking in a one on one combo like here. So, yeah, maybe talk a little bit about the differences, quote unquote, between remote viewing and just everyday psychic stuff and how you can kind of merge those or do both if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the military guys. I, I talk <laughs> to them quite frequently and occasionally get a phone call with a, a little bit of advice, whether or not I ask for it. But, you know, they're very invested <laughs> in the direction of the International Remote Viewing Association, which some of them founded. And yeah, yeah um, you know, I, I Remote viewing and other types of psychic work obviously are very related, but there are some major differences. And it really is fascinating how there's so many different approaches to this work and sides and different applications of it. And so, yeah, most remote viewers, um, at least out, coming from the historical tradition uh, that we would refer to as remote viewing, they wouldn't just go and do readings on people or, you know, just start channeling, you know, spirit or say, oh, spirit's talking to me. I have a message for you. They wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. do that, even though they do sometimes have, you know, spontaneous mediumship experiences or even alien type experiences. But they they won't admit that because they're really trying to be perceived as scientific and separating themselves from all the stereotypes that come with psychics going back over the last several decades. So, so, um, but for myself, I started off being more involved in the spiritual end of things. And um, in, in terms of, I went to a clairvoyant training school. And so my book, You Are Psychic, is really teaching the techniques that I had learned in person at the time in the 90s were only available to people um, in person. And I wanted to spread those techniques to everybody just in a book. But after a while, I did become familiar with the research that was coming out of the government, U.S. government programs of remote viewing. And so basically, the the difference is that remote viewing 
tends to focus more on locations, on physical aspects of the world, even though that can include people because, you know, obviously people are physical beings in the physical world, but it's not usually um, to read them because they want to be read more so it's to spy on them or to, mm-hmm. or to help track them, to help mm-hmm. find them, things like that. And so uh, a lot. And then if you look at intuitive readers, they are reading uh, different aspects of people like their relationships and their problems and their purpose in life. There are physical components like, you know, the physical health or people will have questions like, where am I going to be living? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, would I be happy in this location? So there's those questions too, but really um, there does tend to be this split between the different um, purposes and then some different approaches too, like, Usually intuitive readings are done more verbally, whereas remote viewing is done more with writing um, and sketching and using uh, tools like that. We're going to get you right back to the episode, but I just wanted to let you guys know of a few other things we offer at Rare Candy Industries. We have a Substack with free and paid subscription options. Free subscribers get access to all written content. That includes Bob's Red Pill. That's the best thing going on the internet right now. Trust me. Paid subscribers get full access to our premium episode feed. And that's just every episode we don't necessarily want to share with the general public, if you know what I'm saying. Again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. We also have merch. That link's a little long for me to say right now, but go to the description, go to our merch store, and find a shirt that's right for you. We have Rare Candy shirts, Dr. Bronner soap label shirts, Rishi mushroom shirts, all types of stuff there. Check it out. There's got to be something for you. And lastly, check us out on social media. On Instagram, we're Rare Candy Pod, but on Twitter, we're at Rare Candy Pod 1. All right, enough of that. Let's get you back into the episode. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I guess I got into remote viewing. Well, kind of by accident. I was, uh, my landlady's, uh, boyfriend was like, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. He's like, I'll show you guys how to do it. And, uh, we all did it. A group of us, we're all still kind of friends, even though they moved away. And, uh, and that I wrote an article about this for our Substack. but that night, one of, one of my first targets, I had a direct hit and I had never even attempted this before. And I always believed in weird stuff. I always had weird experiences. I was no stranger to that. But this was different because it was just like so obvious, you know, and boom, right there. And um, but do then you, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Do you remember what the target was? Yeah, it was. Uh, um, I think I drew it or redrew it or have the actual image on our Substack. But it was um, the target was it wasn't a, it was just a pure RV number on an envelope kind of thing. And it was a picture of. It was like four or five uh, people jumping off of a metal dock into a lake uh, and you could see their backs and they're all like either holding hands, jumping off into a lake. And I drew a lake and like a, a weird dock and then three stick figures jumping off into the lake. And it was, wow. yeah, it was. And I was just like, what the F is going on here? It was pretty crazy and kind of got bit by the bug since then on and off. Um but I want to keep doing it mainly because of what a lot of people say, a lot of the military guys say, uh, where it's it's just almost like a practice for your everyday intuition. And it, it just expands and helps your everyday life. And we uh, I do want to talk about the ARV, like we have an ARV project uh, coming up with the NFL. Uh, we did one last year, too. That's just we're just having fun. But mainly I want to do it to expand awareness in general. We're not trying to make a ton of money or anything like that. So. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, on the the flow of direction that way? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it it is. 
one of the really nice things about remote viewing is you can just have fun and it is a group experience like associative remote viewing where you're trying to make predictions about future outcomes like football games or horse races or things like that. And so, yeah, you know, it's already fun to be making bets and wagers and predictions. And so to have that advantage, you know, I call it just the intuitive advantage. It's not always going to work or, you know, it's not always going to help. Sometimes it could, you know, (laughs) mislead you, but if you do, it it really, it, it can give you an edge. And a lot of people have used it to make quite a bit of money from it. So, you know, a lot of people are interested in it primarily because of that. And then other people um, think like, oh, you should never, you should never use your intuitive abilities to make money, which I, I just think is silly because, you know, why not? Like you can, you could use your creativity or mm-hmm. your intelligence, yeah. you know, or any other part of you, but, but you can't use your intuition. Why, why would that be? Yeah, it's a limiting belief almost, it seems. But then you also have the people, I I mean, we have some some listeners. This is not, we didn't start this show to talk about, you know, uh, Psy or anything like that. We, so when we start talking about, there are some people perhaps from religious backgrounds or perhaps just skeptical of it as well. They might say you guys are doing chaos magic or, or summoning things or be careful, you can disappear into some portal dimension is something like that mm-hmm. and i everything that i've done now i've never actually done remote viewing i'm actually the the uh in in our experiment i'm usually the guy who just picks uh control, nfl games yeah. i'm the control yeah. but yeah. with everything else that i do just you know, a lot of meditation a lot of the liquid luck joe gallenberger exercises stuff that i do um i've never had any kind of weird anything resembling anything other than pure bliss to be honest yeah, the opposite, and yeah. if you i and you know then when i get back to reality is where i see all the evil stuff so it's like <laughs> yeah. you know to, to me like i just i i i don't what do you say about i'm, I'm sure you, you've heard it before right the people that say what you're doing is pure evil even if it is successful yeah we'll get random comments so, yeah you're sorry to interject we'll get random comments to just be like be careful we always get these be carefuls you know mm-hmm. and i kind of get you know we are dealing with forces that we're not totally aware of on this earth you know but but yeah yeah we all we're always getting warned and what do you think about the warnings and yeah well people really don't understand this and they they are programmed by their religious leaders who you know just equate anything psychic with the devil and evil and you know the the thing is if you are, let's say, like doing drugs, hanging out with angry people, you know, going to places where just people are really angry, that that's where you're vulnerable to pick up attachments and, yeah. you know, to get into different trouble. Now, if you're already like into like, let's say a lifestyle like that and heavy drugs, drinking and anger and anger. And um, if you're already into that and then you start like getting into psychic stuff, then you could, you could mm-hmm. tap into things that uh, just like uh, living people who you wouldn't really want to take home to your mom. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. You wouldn't want to take home some of these spirits to your mom either, yeah. you know? So, uh, but I kind of equate a lot of 
what happens just in regular life to what we're dealing with in these other realms or the the spirit world. So, you know, if if your intention is to stay healthy, you know, to really set boundaries with with people and to always surround yourself with, you know, positive people, caring people, you know, you're you're going to be fine overall and um, you know, sometimes people will get attachments. There's so many people who just move into a house, you know, and, and their spirits around and it's not a matter of even they're into this or not, they're impacted and people are impacted psychically by each other all the time. So I feel like for me, that is one of my biggest messages I want people to know is that we're being psychic all the time. You know, our, our thoughts are not just our own thoughts. Um, sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. And our emotions and our body sensations are not always just coming from ourselves. And this is true of everyone. So really, it's a question of awareness. And how much awareness do you want to have going through life? Like, do you want to still be impacted by whether other people or spirits and have just not know about it. So then there's nothing you could do about it. Or do you want to have some awareness and then you have, you know, at least a much larger degree of control over it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're very, uh, in your psychic books, you go through a lot of grounding exercises and things like that to really, which I think is a, that's a sign of a good, like a responsible psychic or intuitive is teaching people how to do it in a way not like the Aleister, Aleister Crowley way where it's all like, woo, you know, like it's a little crazy and you're kind of ungrounded and it's real, but also like it can get weird, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's important. And, you know, yeah. we take, we, we take a lot of reishi mushroom. I think that helps too, you know, <laughs> just kind of whoops, mm -hmm. cleanses, keeps the spirit pure yeah. and everything. And the, yeah. So I thought that was an awesome question and yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, for me, it's all about technique and approach and, you know, what do you do with your mind and your body and your intention to have the effect that you want? And I, I, it, for years, I was always interested in these topics. I have an identical twin sister and we were mm. very fascinated because we always had like different telepathic experiences going on when we were really young, but any sources that we would read, we couldn't find like how to get control over this, you know, whether you want to stop it, whether you want to start it, increase it, enhance it. And that's really where uh, once I found some techniques that really worked, I really wanted to share them with the whole world because I was like, you know, it doesn't just help to say, oh, just be open to this and it'll happen. No, you really, there's things that you need to do to like refocus your attention in your mind and then you can start to raise your awareness to all of this and really have a chance to get get control over it yeah exactly yeah and and, and i've i think what you said is just creating like a healthy baseline before you get into stuff like this uh i think that's 100 true i and i even would say that every time i am go living healthy doing what i need to do I, I tend to gravitate towards this. So I, I, it just, it feels like I'm being pushed this way almost in, in a sense, like, okay, this, this type of stuff looks, looks good. Now, when I'm, when I'm in definitely not when I'm overworked, when I'm not, when I'm eating poorly and things and things like that, I tend to do you know more destructive things. Not, I don't want to dramatize anything, but it's just more destructive things to the self. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people think that a lot of, uh, a lot of people think that there are people who are 
that destroy themselves and then look to psychic powers to, to rebound from mm-hmm. it. But it, it perhaps perhaps there's a there's a uh, there's you know a bridge that can that can be made there. But I, I think the way you've said the it's quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah you know, it, there's people that are going to you know misuse any tool out there, or you know, if someone's going about like trying to exert control or power over other people and in an appropriate way if they're you know they're going to do that any way they can and yes there are some people who will use their psychic abilities to do that and unfortunately that has happened and and i truly believe that like when you hear about psychic scammers or you know i've had plenty of people come to me and say you know oh i went to this um psychic like on the street corner and she told me I had a curse and, and I paid her $2,000 and then that I still, you know, the curse was going to come back if I didn't pay her another $2,000 oh, no. and like asking me, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you should call the police. You know, this is like, <laughs> you should, you know, get your money back. And, yeah. um, but this happens all the time and it's not just like street corner psychics, you know, it's, I had a student who met some guy in, in Puerto Rico, who was a spiritual teacher. And before she knew it, she'd given him like $100,000. And, you know, she, at first, like, I, I hadn't heard from her in a while, she she had stopped coming to a class. And then um, she said, yeah, he, he told me, you know, stop doing everything else I was doing. And he, I thought, it, she said this to me, I thought it was so great, because he wanted to have phone calls with me every day. And, yeah. and, yeah. you know, he's doing healings on me every day. I was like, why would anybody, first of all, you don't need healings every day. You don't need some guy to be calling you every day. And, and then you're giving him all this money. Like, you yeah. know, that there should be some warning signs there, but you know, you could even translate that to religious leaders, you know, is it right yeah. for the leader of any church to say, you know, give me 10% of yeah. your income or you'll <laughs> go to hell, you know, yeah. I don't know if they put it that straightforward, but you know, what, what are people getting in exchange? And maybe they're getting a lot, you know, it's not for me to judge, you know, what people put value on the spiritual guidance they get, but there is so much of that. And, and those psychics that are able to draw people in, um, you know, they're not just, they're, they're frauds um, in, in the sense of, you know, anyone who scams someone is a fraud, but, they wouldn't be as successful as they are a lot of times if they weren't really psychic, you know, so Mm -hmm. they're telling people some things that are true and giving them enough information. So the person's like, Oh my gosh, this psychic is talented. You know, there, there has to be some level there. And this, this can be really, it can be misused, you know, for sure. Just like any other human ability. Yeah, absolutely. So what? So now, what's now? What's your story, though? How did you? How did you get into all this? Um, I, 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 hard. It's hard for me to to think that a lot of people are just born into families that support this kind of stuff. So, um, what, how how did you get to where you are? Yeah, it it really was having a twin sister. I I think that was it. But you know, I was having experiences even when I was just a few years old of like feeling. Um, feeling emotions and hearing 
thoughts like from my sister or other wow. people and then and seeing apparitions in my parents bedroom and my sister would see the same things even when i hadn't told her you know she would come and say she had seen the same thing so this was just part of our life we were constantly reading books about these topics and talking about them and, you know, sleepover parties with our friends playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. And, you know, things like where one time we lifted our friend, like stray, like a pretty chubby girl with just like one finger, <laughs> we were able to lift her like way over our heads, like mm, no weight whatsoever. And then we were like, Oh my gosh, well, I can't believe this. And then we just dropped her. But you know, <laughs> yeah. experiences like that, where we just even like we, I remember like we'd see weeds planted outside and they would be like a strange looking shape. And we were convinced they were from outer space. And so, you know, we had yeah. some of that going on, but we were just always so fascinated. So, yeah, I don't ever remember a time where this wasn't so much part of my life. But again, it wasn't until I was in my later, probably 27, 28, when I discovered that I was living in the Bay Area, actually. Mm -hmm. And I discovered the Berkeley Psychic Institute, which was mm -hmm. founded by a man named Louis Bosdwick in the 1960s. And, um, and yeah, I just started taking classes and pretty much I was actually a federal probation officer at that time. And I just started going to class like every single day, seven days a week. And it just really totally transformed me and mm. made me realize I do not want to be a probation officer or, you know, controlling people's lives or anything like that. And so I just left that job and much to the, um, disappointment of my mother she still isn't over it like 30 years later but um i left and then decided i was going to devote myself to my spiritual abilities wow. yeah that's um, it's interesting what you said about the twin sister I've, i was just uh researching like an author for our, our fiction program and um the author the famous sci-fi author philip k dick um had said he had he was had a twin sister who they were born they were both born premature the sister didn't really make it past a year, but the, his whole life, he felt like the pain from her. Um, I mean, you figure that he's a year old when she dies, like, and, yeah. and just felt the pain. I mean, he had the opposite. He had the opposite of what you had. He was, it affected him in a negative way, but it's just the fact that that connection, and he called it, it was the phantom twin, I think is the actual term for it. Uh, and it, and it's, uh, that, that alone is, is so, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it, how could it not, how could we not have these forces? I, I don't understand. I never understood. I don't even have regular brothers or sisters, let alone twins. So I just, that that's always so foreign to me, but the, the twin sister, are, are you still close with her? Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have our ups and downs, but we, we talk fairly regularly and yeah, you know, when I, I can still feel her, like when something's going wrong or, if she's mad at me for something, I can feel that I get like a pain on top of my head right before she calls. So yeah. that can be a little annoying. Um, <laughs> I used to get really anxious. And so I would just, and I tend not to be, or at least I'm not aware of it if I am, but I would just be, you know, fine. And then suddenly I would be overcome with anxiety and I'd be like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And then sure enough, the phone would ring and she the first thing she says is i'm so anxious i don't know what to do and so it was enough things like that that really convinced me like yeah you know i am really 
I, I am so impacted by her and, and it's not just her, you know, it, I found that like in different relationships, people I'm dating and um, my spouse now I can be, you know, really impacted, you know, by a whole range of emotions. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's not always good to be that sensitive because, you know, it's um, yeah. got enough of your own stuff going on, you know, you right. know, everybody else's but you know i i think that's where the awareness part comes in because now i you know at least i i've learned to understand my baseline you know so i i i can feel like okay i'm just fine and now like a second later something's kind of off you know mm. and and um i don't always know the difference between my stuff and other people's but sometimes it's it's pretty clear wow yeah, that's you're right. I mean, it's I, I know some people who who are I, I don't know if I have it quite just yet, but I know some, I know some people uh, I, it always happens to be women. I think the women's intuition thing, there's something to it as far as just being sensitive to all sorts of energies and stuff. And they, they'll say it there. They go, hey, I have the happiest days are the happiest days. But some days I just feel off and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's it's too bad. You can't turn it off and on sometimes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. are there are things you can do, um, you know, to different exercises like visualizations, even just like, you know, say you're talking to someone that's like really angry or really upset, like just visualizing something in between the two of you, like a flower or a shield or something or and also just being aware of your auric field and just saying, like, I'm going to pull my aura around me and see like them backing up or grounding yourself. I've found like you could just do those things and you know whether whether you're actually influencing the energy or you're just you know mentally doing some kind of separation you know those kinds of things help and then they make it easier to be able to deal with people when they're having their emotion because you know sometimes like it can get really tricky like in a relationship if you're having an argument because you know you've got your your own feelings going right. on but i've found at times like if i'm if I'm having an argument with my spouse and he's angry, like I, I may just suddenly like have that going through me and like, I'll get like super, you know, kind of yeah. almost like feeling out of control. Like I want to, you know, throw something or break something. And that's not usually, you know, how I am. And, mm -hmm. you know, then I might find that he was, he was just feeling that, you know, so it, it's like the emotion starts bouncing off each other and things can escalate really really quickly. So, you know, uh, one thing I found is just, you know, it is helpful to just like get physical distance to, you yeah. know, what's going on, just like, you know, one person go outside and just have that space and mm -hmm. then kind of sort out all those, those emotions. And, and I, I hear from so many people, you know, I would say that like, you know, this is about our empathic abilities and yeah, like you said, so many women, some men as well, but I, I would say, the majority of people I hear from like that first and foremost, feeling each other's uh, emotions and sensations and things that is like the number one, like the most common intuitive mm -hmm. ability, I would say. Well, I don't yeah. know if you call it an ability or just like a sense, you know, because it's not necessarily like a skill, but, you know, you can make use of it then that's like for healers or, you know, for therapists, it's useful to, you know, just be talking to someone. And if you just suddenly like get a feeling of like, like you suddenly want to cry, you know, that could be really beneficial to be 
like say to your client, like, oh, did you know, are you feeling really sad right now? And, mm -hmm. you know, they're yeah. going to be like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now, so if I go to your class, what does a day at your class look like? I mean, what do I show up with a notebook and a pencil? I mean, do, what do I, it's not like a normal <laughs> school, the desks, chalkboard, no, none of that. Well, choice pass. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of my teaching online right now, though so, sometimes I do in-person workshops. But um, whether it's an in-person workshop or online, I actually almost don't uh, allow um, notepads and pencils because I, I want, um, except for remote viewing, that's a little different. But <laughs> a lot of times, I want people to just go within and. So for my clairvoyant classes, like they, it's really, they're supposed to be a meditation the whole time. And I mean, it's active, nice. you know, they're not just sitting there quiet. We're ta I'm talking, they're, they're talking, I'm leading them through exercises and then they go and practice on each other. So they're always doing something, but it's all internal. It's like totally shutting out the rest of the world. So for my online classes, we don't even do video because I don't want like any visual cues, visual distractions. I don't want people to, you know, be focused on what they look like or other people. I, I want them to see each other uh, like spiritually and intuitively. So, so it is really different than that. And a lot of people really like that. Occasionally I'll have someone come in and be like, you know, oh, well, you know, don't you know how to use a camera or, you know, why haven't you like typed out all your notes and your, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm like, no, that's not how I work. I like to work intuitively. So I know, I know what we're going to eventually cover because I know what I'm going for. You know, I want people to leave any class with the tools so they can go and practice on their own and they don't need to rely on a teacher. So I know where we're going, but you know, a lot of it is, I think of it like, I teach intuitively. So I, I know some of the things we're going to cover, but, you know, sometimes I might just make up a meditation on the spot or, you know, choose something that I know that people are going to need right in that moment. And that keeps it interesting. You know, sometimes it's a little, a little tough for me because I'm like, oh, I, some days I know exactly what we're going to do. And other days I'm just like, well, I'm going to show up and, and we'll find out, you know, I'll find out too what we're going to do when we when I see, you know, what I happen to channel here. And sometimes those are the most powerful classes, but you know, it's a little bit, um, can be, make me a little nervous if I'm not sure what's going to happen. But so, yeah, it's, it's very different, I would say. Well, that's cool. Cause it's, that's an organic process and it'd be weirder if it was more rigid and you had everything by the book all the time. Cause that would kind of be antithetical to what this whole thing is about, I feel. So I think I bet people appreciate that. That is kind of, you know, an organic process. It, it, everything is different. It's a two way street going back and forth. Yeah. I yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, do you want to talk? Could we dig in a little bit into the ARV? Uh, huh. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, okay, so just to That's prime a, you associative remote viewing. Is that, yeah, associative yeah, okay. remote viewing. Yeah. Um, well, let me just explain to any audience members that are listening that don't know what that is. That's remote viewing, using your intuitive and psychic abilities to determine a target, usually a picture and associative, you know, in an envelope that you've never seen before and kind of getting the gestalt or the, the vibe of what that whole thing is. It might be very accurate. You know, you might, you might get a direct hit like I talked about before um, or associative remote viewing where you're choosing usually a binary outcome like who's going to win the football game 
uh, on Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs or the Raiders or whatever, you know, and uh, and then you picking two targets uh, and or no, picking two images and then having the target be the winner of that game and reviewing it in advance, either alone or as part of a group and everything like that. Now, you literally wrote the textbooks on it, uh, Associate of Remote Viewing. Um, yeah, great book. Check this out. Again, I didn't even know this book existed. I feel like I manifested it in my own personal world. I was like, I need something like a like a textbook. And then I had never heard of it until, boom, here it is. And uh, so last year, last season, we did a little... Uh, it was mainly... I was publishing it, It was, but it was mainly my girlfriend and I. My girlfriend would pick targets for football, football games. I'll remote view them, usually three to six a week uh, games. And then Glenn would also, because, uh, you know, we're into football. Glenn's really knowledgeable about football, too. And so Glenn would do just uh, discretionary picks who he thought had the edge that week based on, you know, actual football knowledge and data. And then I would do completely blinded RV sessions. And, yeah, we had some interesting ex experiences with that, uh, some ups and some downs. Um we were one, we were, man, we were about a couple, we were one point and a couple seconds away from winning a six game parlay. Uh, so we got five out of six one week and oh, wow. uh, that was really exciting. Um, and then we've had weeks where we were completely anti-psychic and we were over six, you know, which I thought, I almost think that's as interesting in a lot of ways uh, having a, and yeah, so it was varied. I think we had a slight edge in the end. I'd have to run the numbers, but we, and we did actually pick the, Super Bowl finalists out of the top four. Um, and but yeah, it was interesting. And so this year I sent out a message to our little group that we have uh, some of our core listeners and, you know, friends and things. And I was like, hey, I'd love for to do this with more people. And again, I'm a beginner, you know, or I was a beginner at least last year. Uh, you know, even if you're a total beginner, this stuff works and it's fun. So just, you know, if, if any of you are wanting to do it, you know, hop on board. I thought like three or four people would reach out. I think we've got about like 15 or 20 almost now that are going to going to rock with us. So, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about associative remote viewing and maybe we could you could help us uh, get straight before this starts in a, in a month or two. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's so cool. You know, I um, after the conference, I'm I would like to start doing more remote viewing myself. So if you need anybody, maybe yes, like absolutely. And yeah. that would be fun because I used to do ARV. Like, uh, there were times where I was doing remote viewing sessions every single day. And um, you're a and sorry to cut. You're a project manager too, so you you run ARV projects where other people are viewing for you. So you know you you've yeah. kind of not only do you do it, but you lead groups doing it too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know I'd like to just go back to just being a viewer occasionally yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can so easily get out of practice too when you're just managing so yeah. you know for me it would just be fun to just do some targets and have for sure well yeah we'll give you we'll give you some some targets and i i yeah. wanted to avoid i kind of made a personal rule for myself this year where i want to do half the targets where i'm the judge and then half the targets maybe my girlfriend picks them and then i view them so i kind of get a little experience managing but i don't lose it like you said yeah, yeah that, mm -hmm. that's a good idea. You could really learn a lot from managing projects and seeing what other viewers are doing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's really good to switch off roles. Yeah. And it's easy to get burned out doing one or the other after a while. Interesting. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Did you find uh, that you'd have displacement sometimes? Like, were you just yeah. <laughs> online? <laughs> I'm so glad. I've, in fact, I'm glad you reminded me because I, 
your chapter on displacement was one of the best chapters on any psi phenomena I've ever read because it explained so much and it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And yeah, let me tell you about, there was some interesting stuff that happened. At, for the first half, we were doing just um, paper and envelopes, you know, like actually printed out real physical things. And that seemed to work uh, well. I feel like I got less hits, but the hits I got were more accurate and or you know, in terms of predicting a game. And they they were maybe weren't perfectly describing the target, but they were close enough to make a, a good binary prediction and everything. And then uh, we started doing an iPad thing. And I know that a, a lot of people in your book that you reference have started using technology very successfully um using ipad uh, you know using tablets or computers or whatever and i found interestingly enough um when we started doing the ipad targets i could view really quickly and i just felt so tuned in and i i would just get hit after hit after hit but uh I, they would all uh, or many cases they would be totally displaced and for people that don't know what that is displacement is where you accurately view the wrong binary outcome right that's where you like if the kansas city chiefs lose but their the picture is a bucket and you draw a bucket and you're like oh my god that was such an amazing hit but it was wrong ultimately and it wasn't the right target that's displacement so yeah, yeah. once we started doing the ipad we got a lot of displacement. it was really exciting at first because i was like oh these are such great hits and it was just coming so flat fast through me um but i kind of leaned towards doing the paper again i don't know what, if you have thoughts on that yeah. When you say the iPad, so were you actually like drawing on the iPad or looking at your, what were you no. doing on the iPad versus the feed? My girlfriend would use her, um, her drawing and illustrating program to do, to, to have one image and like paste one image from the internet randomly chosen. And then another image distinct, you know, like a, a waterfall or a building, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then have have the target number and have the associated teams and everything. And then I would remote view it on a whiteboard. And then I would just do a couple in a row or a couple here and there. And then um, and then she would judge it basically. And uh, pardon me. And uh, so yeah, so we, I was I wasn't using the iPad to draw, but we were using the iPad to generate and store targets. And, and as opposed photos. to like a paper and an envelope. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know the the paper and the envelope. I think is separating out because when you see your feedback, um, well, for the feedback, you would see it from the envelope, like she would pull it out. And, and so I think that um, there, it provides like a degree of separation, you know, it's like it's storing it physically somewhere. And so that's because, because you have to do anything you can to separate out the, the actual out, photo attached to the outcome as opposed to the other photo. And yeah. um, so when they're both on the computer like that, like there are different things you could do. Like, would she ever show you the wrong photo or only the right photo? We, like, we experimented with both. We experimented with complete keeping it completely blinded, Lynn, Lynn Buchanan style, right? I think that's mm -hmm. his name, right? Um, and then there were other times when um, we would, I would look at both or she'd be like, I need help judging this. And I would do it. And I felt that seeing both didn't really throw me too much um, to where I, I didn't necessarily agree with Lynn Buchanan. Um, 
and also I, I was aware of, uh, I forget his name, but the game day psychic guy, uh, who does the, he's done hundreds and thousands of NFL games. You mentioned him in your book and he has them all archived. I think he's got like a 58% win rate over tens of thousands of, or thousands of trials. And he sees both and judges both instantly. And he says that doesn't affect him negatively. So I kind of was going by that where I was, you know, yeah, kind of seeing both. And I was just curious too, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've I've looked at just like every single variable of, you know, how you how can you yeah. de decrease it? And I don't know. I I I do think it can help putting things in envelopes or, you know, putting yeah. them in a different room or something like that. You know, and I try to minimize seeing the the wrong one because I'm I am really prone prone to displacement. Yeah. So um yeah, and and that is why I now that I think back to it, why I kind of like slowed down on my own um, ARV work yeah. because I was just starting to just see everything. But I, I think there's yeah. also I think if you do start to get burned out, like there's a part of your subconscious, like that's I think what was what was happening for me, like because I I never wanted to say no to any project, but yeah, I was right. you know I really should have, and there were times. Like even I was do, doing one project where I, I was in graduate school and I was already only getting a few hours of sleep. And then and then I still said yes to my Igor, who runs ARV studio in um, Croatia. He asked if I do a project with him and I would have I'd be late on turning my session. And so like at 1.30 a.m., I was racing to get him my session and then I'd have two hours of sleep and I was just yeah. getting displacement all over. And I was, I would describe like what he was doing. Like I had yeah. this really detailed drawing and description of like a dad and his son going to a soccer match. And it turned out that was exactly what he was doing at the moment wow. of viewing, but it had nothing to do with the photos Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all over the place. So I do think, you really have to be like well rested and calm, and I, and I have gotten this intuitive message at other times where I've I've tuned into people like through readings who were who were just like really so psychically clear and really clear mediums, and they're just people oftentimes that have less going on in their life, like they they and and I find this with myself too like I'm just clear when I have less on my to-do list and less projects and less people and you know conversely the more of that stuff you add it's even if you know you have a day off where you're not doing so much it's like your space is just crowded and packed mm -hmm. with stuff mm. and it's going to impact your psychic work yeah. you know in a, in a big way so I think that's kind of what what started to happen, but yeah, you know, our, and this is something I studied with Lynn. He was one of my early, Lynn Buchanan was one of my early teachers. I and love him. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's so smart. He's going to be at the upcoming conference as well. Oh. And a really great talk. And, um, but anyway, he would, he would say that your subconscious is always going to win out, you know, no matter yeah. what. You know, so what it wants, if it doesn't want to do a session and you make yourself do a session, then you're just going to like not even it, it's not even just doing a bad job. It's, you know, displacement can really like you in an ARV session, you would rather do a bad job or, or just not get anything. You're better yeah. off like just drawing a blank as opposed to getting really good information about the wrong target. So, yeah. 
you know, really throughout all of parapsychology and any kind of psychic work, it's been recognized what's called the trickster, you know, and whether the trickster is your own subconscious or other mm-hmm. forces that are coming in, yeah. um, you know, there there's just things that'll happen if you don't listen to your yourself. That's so interesting. And I, I know Lynn was a fan of, he was talking about how he would at first try to do remote viewing and he'd do the the meditation and try and go super deep and focus. And then he's like, then I just started, you know, I'd like, I'd take my daughter to school and then I'd eat breakfast and then I'd remote view and then I'd do, and he would just pepper it throughout his life and kind of took the pressure off a little bit and said his results went way up. And um, yeah, the variety. And I, and when we were, there was kind of an element of like when we were just having fun with it, not that it ever wasn't fun, but when we were like, Oh, let's try this. And the results were amazing. And then we were like, Oh, got to win, you know? And then it was like, yeah. you know, and I think that's interesting too. Exactly. Joe Gallenberger talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Kind of how, you know, or if, if there's money on the line that you're uncomfortable with, you know, we weren't really wagering a lot or anything, but it was like, you know, how it can yeah. make you pucker up and be like, Oh no, you know, and kind of, yeah. So I thought that was interesting too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so much so. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you, the, the, I, I had to talk about. We have to talk about this today because um, w- in the news, I'm starting to see it. Right, not not the just the random sites that I check for the news, but the the, <laughs> the real news um, that you see on uh, on on TV and stuff. There's a lot of like Project Blue Beam stuff that comes out. A lot of. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. you know you'll you'll see like you know Wall Street Journal be like hey the the government or you know the, they have alien you know crafts on site and it I am a firm believer that there are other life forms other than us. Um, however, I think the most boring and I, I would even say politically advantageous things are the linear path, like just an aliens taking a linear path to us and like crashing into something and we have their okay. ship. And I'm I'm so much more into like the interdimensional travel, the uh, the the stuff like that. So I and you're fr- and like I said, you're in, you're in Oregon, so it's like I feel like everyone in Oregon has has like seen a UFO before or something. I feel <laughs> like uh, first off, have you? Yeah, well, actually, we just <laughs> on on July fourth. So what? That was just like a, a couple, couple weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. We so we live on a river and we took our boat to Florence, which is on the Oregon coast where they were having a fireworks display. So mm-hmm. we took our boat like in the dark at night and then we're coming back home and there were all these stars out and I'm looking up and I saw a I, I was looking at a star and I start to see a light pass by the star and then another light and another light. And there were about 20 of these lights. And, and Danny, my husband, he, he doesn't really, he's not into this stuff, but um, he was looking at it and he's a pilot. And he was like, oh my God, I am seeing, he was like, this is officially a UFO. Right. Because there were 20 of these lights and it was way high up and it just, and 20 of them following each other. And We've never seen anything like it because, you know, I mean, okay, it could be 20 planes following each other, but you wouldn't typically see that, you know, especially at um, that time of night. So, you know, not going to rule that out for sure, but, but yeah, they weren't blinking or anything like that. I got them on video too. So, um, but 
I've, I would say more interdimensionally, I've, I've had so many experiences where an alien face or hand just seemed to pop up out of nowhere when I'm doing intuitive work. And in some cases, like whatever I was doing had nothing to do with aliens. Like that was, you know, I'm just like reading someone in their childhood and there's like no reason to go there. And the first time it happened, like, bam, a, an alien face. It was like as if you're watching your TV and suddenly an alien just like pushed the actors aside and came on and, Whoa. you know, start, hi, Glenn. <laughs> no, what uh, <laughs> it was, it what, was like, what, what did the face look like? What the, what kind of alien? It was definitely a gray with like really nasty eyes. And okay. there was, there's something just really cold and sinister about it. And it was like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And because I had just started, I had, I was reading this guy's like childhood and just seeing some difficulties he had. And then suddenly mm -hmm. it like switched to this scene of like, it was kind of like I was seeing a place that I thought I was looking at some kind of outdoor furniture, like that this weird furniture and then bam, the alien face was there. So I must've somehow tapped into some, some, some place. And so he was telling me I shouldn't be there and to get out. And it was just like, there was just something so, all I could say was like, it was so controlling and, yeah. and it just gave me chills. And I was like, you know what, let's just end this here. Cause I, you know, I, I can sometimes be like pretty relentless if I get some kind of image or something happens, like I want to keep exploring it and checking it out. But in that case, I, I was just like, we don't need to deal with whatever this is. And I've had other experiences too, where just like, like a hand popped up and it was like this, it, it was, it looked, I, I just somehow knew it was alien and it was great and it smelled like mushrooms, wow. and it was like, like ancient and old. And I, I actually had that happen when I was managing a project for, um, and I, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was. Uh, well, I won't because he's technically a client. So I'll say it was somebody that runs a very prominent UFO related group. Okay. Um, but I um, did not, I did not expect for that to happen. And yeah. I was, it, I was in a friend's basement that I was staying at her guest house while I was finishing up graduate school. And, and when that happened, I just had this feeling of like such a strong presence in there like i didn't want to go i ran out of there out of the room and i did not want to go back in there and i had to like sometimes sleep in the house by myself and yeah. i was just really freaked out so you know people might be like oh you know that could have been your imagination but you know i've been doing this work long enough where um your images don't usually they don't usually have smells you know they don't yeah. just like, pop up like yeah. you know um i'm right here so you know, whether that hand was just a spirit or alien, it was, it was something. So I've just had different experiences like that, that have me convinced that there are these consciousnesses and they're, they're out there. They're, you know, that I, I do occasionally feel like I'm getting a visitation. Like when I'm falling asleep at night, I'll see, yeah. um, you know, I was in the Philippines. Um, I lived there for a year and, um, I was in this mountain, um, way out mountainous place. And, um, I, I laid down, I, I wasn't feeling very well and went to sleep and I woke up and it was, I couldn't tell if I was in a dream or if it was real, but there were like these five gray alien faces, like just all 
right on uh, like looking down at me like peering at me and i just like totally scream huh. so um so just experiences like that where you know it wouldn't like prove anything to anybody but it has totally got me convinced that they're there and i do i do really feel like they're very interested in people that are telepathically you know trained yeah. or, or mm. um, they're very interested in people who can perceive them and i do feel like they kind of will play around with people to, you know, see like, can they think something and then you hear their thoughts or, you know, can they influence things? But we have to be so careful. Like I kind of hesitate in talking about these things because, you know, there's such a line for people who, you know, some people are like having mental challenges and, yeah. you know, it's so easy to just get paranoid. Like, sure. oh, it's someone yeah. trying to control my brain and, you know, it could really feed into all sorts of delusions and hallucinations too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah well, like, like what Glenn said, I you both tapped on it on how, you know, the, the idea of just an alien showing up in our physical reality is like, I do believe that happens, but that is kind of the boring thing. The interesting thing is interdimensionally or just in our consciousness or or through dreams, like really vivid dreams and stuff where they're probably the, the the least interesting thing for an advanced alien probably is to just show up and be like, hey, you know, because that's the the interesting thing would be like, okay, who on earth is kind of on this vibe? Who's on this wavelength? Yeah. You know, and yeah, and there's there are those experiences of people that I had a friend, I had a uh, I had a friend, I haven't talked to her in a while. Um, her and her husband, she had an abduction dream and she uh she woke up in the middle of like a forest ferry ring. She's outside of Santa Cruz or not. No surprises there. Crazy stuff. Going Always down out there. Yeah. And she, uh, so she had this abduction dream, woke up in this, uh, Redwood ferry ring, uh, a couple like hundred yards from her house or so. we tried to go back into her house. It's like 3am. All the doors were locked from the inside, you know, and there, there was no sign of entry or exit. And then she woke up her husband and was like, how did I get out here? You know, and then she had a, um, she had a, she had this upper back pain a couple of weeks later and we all worked together, her and my mom and everything. And, uh, um, and she went in to get to the free clinic to get surgery and they, Oh, sorry, I got a, another, I got a visitor right here. Uh, yeah, and, uh, interdimensional and, traveler. Yeah. Exactly. And they, they took out a, um, like a stamped metal little silver thing from her, from the, her upper back. And it was like a straight no up alien implant. And it was like the size of it was like the size of a pinky nail, very small, and it was super bright silver. It was like the brightest silver metal I'd ever seen, and it was um, it looked like a flattened Snickers bar, you know, like with the edges kind of crinkled like that, and it had three symbols stamped on it, and one of them was like a Jesus fish, one of them, and then two other symbols I don't remember, but it was just one, two, three, and it was just like a straight. I could just picture like a straight scanner, like boop, just like a little indicator or something, and tag. It, 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 yeah, tag. It happened like three weeks after. She woke up outside her house with uh, no, yeah. yeah. So I mean, stuff is real, you know, and like it, it blends the line between physicality and people would, and I would, I, there would be a skeptic, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and what I mean is a skeptic, not even so much of a you made it up, but there, some people could say that was our own government. People, there's MK Ultra, there's you know, there's yeah. real things that experiments that have happened that to where people go, well, that's not proof of this. That's actually proof of this could have been a, an experiment done yeah. by humans on on other you know certain things but not needless to say i 
there's more and more and more people who not only have gone through what your friend had gone through, but also remember seeing, you know, the entities and, and things like that, which is, you know, like our friend um, yeah. uh, that called in a couple of oh, yeah. times. I mean, he's been, he's been absolutely haunted by cryptids yeah. um, and he's in the, the Appalachian area, which that is like yeah. a huge hotbed over there. It's a very, every bit yeah. as much of or, as Oregon or if not more, but he, he just for his family, they're not real into aliens or, you know, all the stuff we're into, but they, they noticed something's going on. And he's had a couple yeah. times where something's whacked him or one time where something whacked him upside of the head and it was a big, large creature and stuff. These yeah. things are out there, you know, yeah. these things are um, out there. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear more. Was he on your show? I'd love to hear more about. Oh, so he he's... did a couple of uh, voicemails. We have a we have a hotline um, that we yeah. that we do a very so but just kind of a tribute to the late great Art Bell, where we have a hotline where people can call yeah. in and just anything they thought was weird, you know, and stuff. And he called in once with a kind of an older story, just hey, I've always wanted to tell this, and then he had a, a follow up encounter, and this was another time where he was kind of on his back porch, uh, and it just someone's backyard he heard laughing um and and something and he he kind of jumped out and was like Who, who's there you know who's there and it was it saw like almost deer type jumping away but it was clearly something that could laugh and yeah. you know and things like that so i it's yeah. there's spooky stuff out there i i don't know there and i don't know yeah I'd, I'd like to think when you hear his voice and you hear him talk about it it's like this dude's not making it up, you know it's just like it's very i feel like we all have like a pretty good internal litmus of like you know what? I think I have. I might. I might be able to play the voicemail for you. Actually, I think. I, I think I'll do it. Should, can I play? Should I play? Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I have it. Let me uh, just give me one second. I. I don't see yeah. why not. I don't. I've. You know, who cares if the listeners are tired of it? But it was, it was just a couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks ago. Um. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, it's me again. I just had another experience that I kind of wish I wouldn't have had. So. Uh, me and my girlfriend are, were out on our back porch last night. Uh, it was storming, and we were watching a storm. And uh lightning and thunder and raining, and it's pretty loud. And we're sitting here enjoying the night, and then all of a sudden it gets, like, dead quiet. And both of us – we have our dog out here, too. And both of us look at each other and go, something's off. Like, something has just changed. It was lightning and thundering, and now it's – completely dead silent and i yell at my dog to come back and as soon as i do like in the far corner of my backyard we got like about an acre backyard and in the far corner of the backyard we hear very clear human laughing and so my girlfriend grabs the dog goes inside and i run out to where it was because i'm a moron and (laughs) i yell who the fuck is out here and I, it laughs again, and then I hear something sprinting, something like sprinting through the field, but, like, the steps had to have been five, ten, like, way too far apart. It was like a deer leaping or something like that, but I'm, I know it wasn't. Well, there's this week's Appalachian Horror Story. <laughs> uh, hope I don't call back soon. <laughs> and you can hear it and, and i feel bad you know I, like i know he's a real you know good he's been listening to us for a long time a good guy uh comes from a good family you can tell and i i don't like you know i i can tell it it's, shakes him up but i I don't, I don't know is it all it doesn't seem as 
I, I hope it's not like evil. You know what I mean? Like, I hope it's not just pure evil. I mean, cause that, you know, it could be misconstrued as like, well, we'll just, we'll, we'll toy with somebody, you know, like it could be like toying with somebody and one, one person's joke might be another person's, you know, uh, a Terror. horror story. Right. Like, I don't know. what did you, what did you think? Yeah. Well, it could, and maybe it's laughing, but you know, there's just, it may not be that they're laughing at him, you know, it, mm. it, like you say, it could be misinterpreted or it could sound like laughing, but it's, you know, something else. They're laughing with you, yeah, not at you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not even laughing. Like it sounds like laughing, but and it could still be, you know, a weird creature, but it just, you know, that's how they talk. They sound like they're laughing. Yeah. It's not hard to tell, but I I definitely um believe those things are out there for sure. And you know, it's always interesting too. These these make really interesting targets to remote view like that. Mm. You know, that could be a great target, like to have mm. of course you you might some viewers don't like to do what's called esoteric targets, meaning yes. like you may not be able to get feedback, but I think it's helpful if you have a group of people tune into it and then you could see how closely their sessions conform with each yeah. other. And, you know, there's been quite a bit of that. I've, I've managed projects and been part of projects like where people were um, describing what's on the moon or what's on Mars and, um, uh, or the latest is we have a we have a I don't know if you know who Des Smith is. Yeah, I love uh, love Des Smith. Yeah, yeah. He's part of he's he's been viewing a long time, right? He's kind of old school. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. He's he's um got a really big website, and um he's yeah he's been around for a long time and has some some really good books, and um so he he got a hold of uh. A, early uh, project that Ingo Swan had done with a couple of military remote viewers and some other people and got the sessions for where they were tuning into Roswell. And then he had also tuned into Roswell as a viewer himself. And then I had my students tune into it and then a couple other viewers. And so this was like spanning over like the last 30 years, different viewers who had all tuned into the same Thing. And then we got all the transcripts and then we've been compiling them. I had an assistant compile them all into like one spreadsheet and we're still in the process of analyzing it. But it's just really interesting because then you could do like a thematic breakdown to see, well, how many viewers, you know, describe like something that sounded like a UFO or, yeah. or life forms or things like that. And most of the time uh, the viewers were blind to the target. So they didn't know it was Roswell. They just yeah. got you know, a number connected to it. So I think in a lot of ways, this is one of our best shots of having an understanding into some of these paranormal things by having multiple viewers, you know, tune in. And, you know, there's some downsides to to that too, because, you know, sometimes, and this is something that Daz has looked at in some, a few others is what's called tasker's intent or, you know, like if, if let's say your friend thought it was Bigfoot that was in his backyard, is it possible that all the viewers could tune into the concept of Big, Bigfoot just because he thinks it's Bigfoot? Mm, you know, yeah. or, or are they really tuning into what was actually there? Now, there's some ways that you could kind of um, task or direct viewers to have a better chance of not tuning into what he thinks it is, but what's yeah. really there. But, you know, you you might say you can never be totally sure if 
you know, you're delineating between the two. But I, I think you can, um, you know, at least I think that's our best hope to having an understanding of some of these. That would things. be interesting. I, th I bet you he would be okay with us doing that. He seems pretty open with uh, us maybe using that experience as a, as a way to do that. I'm sure he, he listens, so I'll, I'll let him decide. But the, uh, um, so, I, you know, tying this all together, uh, and again, thank you so much for your time. This is this has been great. But uh, tying this all together, I, I had one last question, and I hopefully I may believe and ask it correctly, but I know that there's so many ancient civilizations. I mean, there's people that have used remote viewing, as we talked about two weeks ago, to find out that maybe we had life on Mars at some point. Like there's been, you know, that's Lynn, right? I think that was uh, Lynn, Lynn Buchanan or, some, or somebody that did that. But uh, you can, fa there were all sorts of ancient civilizations that wanted to face certain constellations or stars in the sky or something. Do you think this psychic ability is connected to like outer space? at all like is there is there any is there anything that that can be channeled from the you know because we we don't know what's out there you know yeah well you know ingo swan i don't know if you're familiar with him but he really was he was really critical to the government programs that he he really helped um get them funded and launched both from his psychic work and research work and and he's really the person who coined the term remote viewing um, yeah. in the 1970s and he was like crazy yeah. talented too right just like like insanely talented telekinesis yeah. remote viewer and stuff yeah exactly yeah and and he he so he um is also famous for having been the first psychic to describe the rings of jupiter and mm -hmm. so he knew he was looking so there was the telescope that was going to be bringing back pictures in several months into the future. And so he wanted to see if he could get information that wasn't currently known to people and then have it verified months later. And he saw that there were rings and um, Carl Sagan and other scientists were given his his sessions and in advance of the photos coming back and they were just like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. There's yeah. no rings on mm. Jupiter. And then sure enough, the telescope showed that yes, there are rings on Jupiter. So I think that's, I that yeah. <laughs> that's it's an excellent example of, you know, we can use remote viewing and, and our psychic abilities to get information about things that our technology can't yet understand. And, you know, I, I feel like that's really true with so much of the paranormal world as well. And unfortunately, though, like I've found this in a lot of the projects I've carried out because I've done a lot of informal and formal scientific projects. And you always run into this dilemma where you have people like you want to be able to learn, learn from the sessions. So, you know, we want to learn what was in that guy's backyard or, you know, what, where does a virus come from or how does a virus replicate? That was one project that I worked on. And then we had scientists um, come and try to, um, we wanted to see if scientists could learn from what the viewers had to say, mm. but then you always run into the problem that everyone then wants to turn it into how correct is are the viewers right so yeah. how do you learn from sessions where you're also viewing them with are these correct or not because how can you say they're correct if there's these things you don't know right so there's always this dilemma and then there's this tendency to just throw away the data that doesn't conform to what 
what you know. And that's the data. That's what you wanted to know in the first place. Mm. So you can never get away from that. I guess unless you have people analyzing um, the sessions that are like so much trusting, you know, the information that comes out of them. The problem is, is that viewers can be wrong, you know, even the best viewers. And if you, I've studied different archives now, Ingo Swan's archives, um, Ed May's Stargate archives at Rice University just a couple months ago. And no matter what you, the government documents you look at, the reports on remote viewing, like every, the research studies, everything shows like how successful remote viewing can be. And it tends to be a intuitive modality that's more successful than really any other modality out there, at least the proof is, is there that it is. But it never, no project has ever, you know, really been large scale project has come out where there wasn't a degree of wrong information, of errors, of distortions, you know, so even the greatest psychics, they still have distortions, they have times where they're wrong, not all the data is going to be correct. And you know, because of that, it just sometimes makes it hard to just trust those unknowns. But, you know, this is the same thing. I'm sure if you talk to an intelligence analyst, you know, who's talking about any type of, you know, intelligence collection, not psychic, but any kind, they're they're going to say that there's the same problem there. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, 100 percent. Are yeah. your spies giving you the right information? Can we yeah. trust our sources? You know, they're in. Sometimes things can fail really bigly big, but they yeah. that doesn't mean they don't keep trying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's how Lynn, Lynn Buchanan would always say that. He would say that they didn't. The military never just went off of what I viewed. They would mm -hmm. always use it as a reference. Now, if his remote viewing lined up with what uh, you know, just the regular people, you know, the general or whatever, any anybody that was uh, going to conduct what was going to happen, if it lined up with there, it was all systems go because it was we viewed it. This is also our opinion that now if there's difference between the two, it's kind of back to the drawing board kind of, OK, what, what are we missing here? And it's it's, uh, you know, there, we, I, 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 I like what you said there. It's like even when people say so, oh, so and so, he's a he's a psychic. He's never wrong. It's like, well, no, he probably is from time to time, you know? Yeah, <laughs> there is no one not like you could take the very best person in the whole world and they're just going to be occasionally have, you know, they tune into the wrong thing or they just distort data or they just don't get something. But, you know, even that, like sometimes all it takes is just a little clue, you know, like go yeah. look over there, you know, instead of over there and then searchers go and, you know, it might take them a little longer if they don't have all the data, but, you know, it, it doesn't always take like, you know, tons of information and, um, you know, remote view viewers can start getting into like providing pages and pages of data. And the more data you provide, the more likelihood there is going to be some things wrong in it. But, you know, sometimes all you just need is one little kernel of information you didn't right. have before. And it's going to, you know, get you what you want or what you're looking for. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Excellent. Well, we'll uh, well, Deborah, thank you so much for your time. Um, now, before we go, just let everybody know uh, about all the stuff you have coming up once again, and and where to find your books, uh, where to find you on 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 the internet, and all that. Sure. Yeah. Well, people can find me at my name, DebraKatz.com, if they want to know about my school, and you can learn about my books there or on Amazon. Just uh, Google Deborah Lynn Katz books, uh, and um, then also 
I am managing or organizing a joint conference between International Remote Viewing Association and the Monroe Institute. And that will be, if you go to SciFest2023.com, that's what we're calling it this year, PSI, fest2023.com or just go to the International Remote Viewing Association website and you'll see the link. And it is going to be online in addition to in person. So it's a hybrid conference. And yeah, so people can sign up for it at the last minute too, if you if you can't make it. But there's going to be all, Lynn Buchanan's going to be speaking, Paul Smith, um, uh, Monroe brain researchers, like they're actually going to plug my brain into an EEG and I and the audience are going to remote view and they're going to see if my brain waves change while I'm it. So that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, I'm a little nervous because, you know. Yeah, I would be too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a little embarrassing. Going to need to really focus there, but you know, it's it's got to keep challenging yourself. So looking forward to that. I'll be doing a talk um, if I get my PowerPoint presentation together in time. So it's, yeah, and we're going to have a talent show and we're going to have um, yeah. um, all sorts of fun things. So uh, bars every night, uh, parties every night for sure. Cool. So fun. check that out. Yeah. And um, it'll be on the East Coast. So it's a little bit of a haul for some people, but check that out to International Remote Viewing Association. And um, what else? I think that is. I think that's about it. Okay. Well, sounds and good. You, and you might you might help us ARV some NFL games this year, too. We'll keep you in yeah. the loop on that. I'd love that. That would be, that'd be very Easy. fun. I, I think, I, think yeah. the, I think we definitely – last year it was just him versus me. I think yeah. it would be cool to have a team, you know, like a, a team. That's great. That would be great. Well, um, that's it for us. Uh, everybody have a safe week. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you.